0: Today's guest is none other than Dr. Robin, who you may very well know from her years as the therapist in residence on the Oprah Winfrey show, or maybe you know her from her New York Times bestselling books or her times on Good Morning America, the Today Show, ABC, or so many others. But what Dr. Robin really wants you to know beyond her resume is her story of resilience and message of hope for anyone and everyone who has gone through something in life which spoiler alert is all of us today. We talk about what it really means to be fearless, how to handle isolation, anxiety, and getting social again, post pandemic, and what to do with the unfinished woundedness that we all carry from our childhoods. She is truly sage with so much insight and wisdom to share. And I am so, so honored to bring our conversation to you today. Stay tuned through this conversation drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to and without further ado welcome
1: dr robin hello there thank you for uh this warm welcome
0: it is such an honor to have you on thrive welcome from one philly girl to another
1: <laughs> that's what i was going to say i hear that uh, we have a lot in common and certainly philadelphia are you a native no, I'm I originate from about an hour and
0: a half outside the Philly, outside the Philly area. But since yeah. I went to Penn, now I'm Philly
1: diehard. <laughs> that's wonderful. And I'm a native. So this is home and family. And, you know, this is a, a special place for sure. So I was it I love reading about you. I love hearing about your podcast. I love the name of it, Thrive. <laughs> um, and I love that it's, you know, from Philly. So that's terrific.
0: Oh, absolutely. But you, you are truly an incredible powerhouse. (laughs) You're a licensed psychologist. You're an ordained minister. You have a PhD in counseling psychology. You've worked with huge companies on conflict management, diversity and inclusivity training. You're a New York York Times bestselling author. You've been on ABC, Good Morning America, The Today Show, so many others. You were the therapist in residence for The Oprah Winfrey Show. I mean, what have you not done? Like you are truly the powerhouse here. So please introduce yourself for every, I'm sure everybody knows who you are, but for anyone who does not tell us who Dr. Robin is, um, and what about your story you want to
1: share? Thank you. And I'll, I'll tell you, in all of those um, accomplishments, which I honor and thank you for listing them, what's not there is that I also know about suffering. I know about falling off the horse um, and wondering if I could get back on. I know what it's like to feel like the world is moving without me and to wonder if my place um, if there is a place for me and the reason i share that is people can hear my education and they can hear you know all of the places that i have been privileged um, to work in and work with people and that's tremendous and they can forget and sometimes people like me psychologists and ministers and uh, professional people don't want you to see uh the wounds and the scars uh Rumi said that the wound is the place, he's an ancient philosopher, R-U-M-I, that the wound is the place where light enters. And so sometimes we're so busy covering the wound up, we're so afraid um, to show that we are human. And I feel like our uh, humanity and certainly mine, it's my divine birthright um, to be here. Um, to smile, but also to weep, um, to be clear, and also to find moments of confusion. So I uh, you know, a part of what is so important to me, particularly right now, as we are uh, dealing with a lot of uh, painful issues around the pandemic around covid nineteen., uh, but as we talk about the pandemic, a year of being, socially isolated. And now the vaccines are here and people are feeling excited and optimistic and scared. Um, will it work? And then there was a, a blip uh, with the J&J vaccine, you know, with a small number of people. And yet um, that stirs up fear. So there's re-entry excitement. And then there's terror about how do we really do this? And then there is the issue of race and racism and the ways in which uh, people are uh, being harmed and also wanting to be hopeful. um, The George Floyd uh, and the um, officer, former officer Chauvin trial, just brought back a verdict of uh, three guilty, um, you know, he was guilty on all three accounts so people have said to me, how do you feel about that? And I feel relieved for George Floyd's family. And I feel relieved that in this instance, there was a moment um, where the jury did its job. Um, they were courageous and they were separate from all of the you know, the polls, and, but there's a deeper issue. And so part of what I hope to talk about regarding me and regarding your audience is what is our foundation? What is our life built on? Is it on, built on something that can withstand um, struggle and truth, even when we don't like what we see? Um, and if it's built on something that cannot withstand uh, observation and uh, feedback, then we're in trouble. And so I'm hoping whether it is a person who is thinking about their job or they are thinking about the pandemic or their relationship with a lover or the issues of COVID-19 and race, that we start talking about the foundation upon which our life, our beliefs, our isms and schisms um, is really built on. So that's what I'm That's how I live my own life, and that is what I am doing in the world right now.
0: I love that you brought all of that up, too, in such a poignant and beautiful way, because I feel like you speak to so many people who have the lengthy resume and have that successful list of accolades, and I would say more often than not, people tend to want to lead with that. And not many people have the courage, I would say, to step back and say, but wait, there are some important details missing that are just as relevant, if not more relevant sometimes, to your story, to who you are, and to how you connect with the world thereafter. So I love that you said that, especially in this world of social media that we live in, where Instagram is literally a highlight reel for people. It's just so important to remember and too often forgotten. So thank you for mentioning that right off the bat because I think that beautifully sets the stage for the conversation.
1: That's great, thank you. And I think, you know, the other piece of this is that because of what you just shared, we can crave something that doesn't exist. And how dangerous is that to be in pursuit and to crave and to be hungry for things that aren't real? And then to feel like a loser, because I don't have what that Instagram post shows, but I don't realize that it's airbrushed and it's perfect. And nothing about us is perfect, except for that we are perfectly imperfect. And so I just welcome uh, this conversation and your appreciation for the fact that our humanity is our resilience it's our strength it's our fortitude not the thing that we need to run from
0: yes i know you're all about helping women live fearlessly and Mm -hmm. really redefine failure to to live a fearless life what does fearless mean to you
1: yeah thank you for the question, because it doesn't mean what people think. They're like, right. <laughs> "So I don't have fear. I'm like, no, <laughs> so you've got loads of fear, uh-huh. tons of fear. And you figure out what I say is fear with a hyphen less so that I fear my goal in my own life is to fear less in this moment that I did in the moment before. And that I will have less fear in the next moment if I'm privileged to have another moment than I do right now. So it's about living with our fears and also about examining what our fears are about. So often we are um, conditioned and we're afraid of things that aren't necessarily uniquely ours. It's my mother's fear. It's my grandpa's fear. It's the fear that someone put on me. And then I walk around with it as if it is my own. And so a piece of what it means to be fearless is to examine what is it that holds you back? What message have you told yourself? You know, you're too tall, too short, not white. Not black, not this, not you know. You're an, a Democrat or you're Republican. You're a Republican and a Democrat. I mean, and all of a sudden we don't know what our own truth is. You know, there's a older movie now uh, with Julia Roberts. It was The Runaway Bride, and uh, I don't know when that movie was made, but anyway, she, each uh, person she's engaged to, uh, she, people are asking like, in her. Fiancés are asking. Um, she didn't have them all at the same time, but each time she had a different fiancé, her fiancé would say, What's your favorite egg? And she'd say, What's yours? And so if they love scrambled eggs, she loves scrambled eggs. If they loved eggs Benedict, she loved eggs Benedict. So as the movie goes on, and Richard Gere is also in it, she gets to the end toward the end of the movie and she says, By the way, I figured out what egg I like. I don't like any of the eggs that I said that I like. There's only one egg that I like. And so my um, journey with women in particular is for us to slow down enough to ask ourselves, to become acquainted with ourselves in terms of what clothes, what eggs, what beliefs Um, having children, not having children. I mean, what does all of that mean? Getting married, not getting married, getting married and staying married. I mean, sexual orientation. I mean, there's so many things. And my question is that we learn to overhear our own voice in a way that we've maybe ignored or been afraid to pay attention to. And that to me is fearless living.
0: That is awesome. It reminds me too of something that, you said on oprah a while ago about unfinished wounded or um unfinished woundedness yeah yes. and i would love for you to unpack that a little bit for listeners and maybe share a few tips for discerning
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: what in our lives might be remnants of this unfinished woundedness because i yeah. think in this journey i think we oftentimes don't necessarily realize right away what is something that we've just been carrying since childhood versus what is something that is an actual conscious decision as a Mm -hmm. (laughs) grown-up and i know from my own experience in therapy so much of it is sitting down and talking to 11 year old you or 13 year old you or six year old you and coaching yourself through some of the things that you might not have, probably not have processed at that time. So can you kind of unpack that a little bit for people
1: and what that means? Sure, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I was uh, just today and, you know, honest, um, this is the truth. I was talking to my four-year-old me and really appreciating her, like how resilient and robust and, creative she was, uh, and the ways in which people did not necessarily understand her, uh, and what how that shaped my life, how it made me more sensitive to people being misunderstood, and the pain of that. And so it's interesting that one of the quotes I said that you may have heard is, adulthood is about finishing the unfinished business of childhood. People were like, you know, and what does my childhood have to do with anything? And I'll say, well, (laughs) if you're a native um, speaking Italian, where'd you learn to speak Italian? And people look like, well, where do you think I learned at home? I said, Okay. And if you are a native English speaker, where'd you learn that? At home, of course. So where'd you learn how to be angry? Where'd you learn how to swallow your anger? Where'd you learn that girls who are too smart might scare Mm -hmm. boys? And how'd you end up then carrying that from six or 10 to 21 and to 31 and maybe to 81, you know? Like so, and this isn't about blaming parents uh, or grandparents, it's simply about taking the sheets off, you know, the covers off, and being kind to understand who is it that is speaking to me, who's telling me that I'm not worth it. So that woundedness, when you talk about unpacking it, is to really, without shame or blame, I call shame and blame the toxic twins, (laughs) Um, they silence us, they take our voice away. They make us smile when we're heartbroken. Um, They make us break other people's hearts because we, if we are feeling shame, sometimes we end up shaming other people. You know, if you watch parents and their children, uh, sometimes a parent will correct their child, not really because the child needs to be corrected, but because the parent is feeling embarrassed. Embarrassed in front of the neighbors, embarrassed in front of you know, her parents or his parents, and they want their kids to be just so, but why is that? Because they're feeling judged. And so if they felt secure as parents, quite possibly they would not then uh, push that shame and blame onto a child. And so all of a sudden we start a big bath of confusion about what we're allowed to do and say and be, um, you know, boys that, I will talk about a boy who then becomes a man who has lost some of his softness. And we wonder why, because sometimes as a little boy, that boy fell down and a little girl found, fell down. We pick the girl up and we kiss her boo boo and we change her band-aids and we get a Mickey Mouse band-aid. And, Then we get some other kind of Band-Aid for the little girl. And the little boy, we tell him to get up and you'll be fine. (laughs) And then we're wondering what happened to his, his tears, what happened to his feelings. We didn't take care of them. We did not welcome them. And so wounds, and that's why it's interesting you ask about that in terms of Rumi, when I started off by saying that the wound is the place where light enters. And so if we are, if we understand that, our wounds are really important because the light comes there. We get to see who we are and who we're not and to, to figure out, how do I develop a love affair with myself? You know, we're often pursuing approval from the outside world. And what I would encourage, and you talked about tips, for people to do is all the energy we put into relationships with other people that we begin to use that energy toward the self. I mean, if we use the energy on ourselves that we use to please parents and please lovers and please bosses, we would feel tremendous. But we use our energy elsewhere. And so this really is about making a U-turn in the middle, maybe of the road safely, um, but in the middle of the life road and saying, uh Oh, you know, I just realized I passed my own exit, meaning I passed me. And I'm going through a revolving door and I can't seem to catch up with myself. And so this is about, again, slowing down enough to know that sometimes we are missing in action, particularly as women.
0: I think that's so important to know and to understand also that we all have these wounds from our childhood. This isn't something that the the lucky few can escape, regardless of your background, regardless of really anything about you this is something that we all have in some capacity. So it's, it's not something that you should feel like you said, any shame about, there's no one to blame. It's really just about being open and willing to sit down with yourself and unpack it to figure out how you can best move forward with your life. Because it's, and I love how you mentioned finding the positive in that too, because that was something that, took me a long time to do, but it was like a light bulb went off when I did it for myself because, long story short, was bullied really badly in middle school, and it, I would never take that away now as an adult because it made me so much more empathetic and so much more aware of what others are going through, just even in any social setting, like how someone might be feeling, what they might be thinking. I'm like hyper aware of it now, and I'm like the best friend of anyone in the room. So it's something that was absolutely so sucky and terrible in the moment, but really influenced who I became. But it really took sitting down and being willing to, to think, okay, why am I reacting this way in this situation? What about my past is influencing how I'm acting and or reacting in my present? And you have to be willing to really go through some hard conversations and relive some hard memories with yourself to get to that point. But it's Wow, it's so powerful when you do. As the world starts to uh, slowly but surely open back up post-pandemic, can you give listeners some tips on maybe resharpening some social skills <laughs> or getting reacclimated to more social settings and kind of bridging that gap between the last time that we've been in public with people as social members of society and now where we largely speak through
1: Zoom screens? <laughs> it's quite different isn't it you know oh completely it, and as much as we have all at least at one point complained about zoom and you know missed touching and seeing and hugging and shaking hands we also got used to it we got used to our sweatpants you know having a half have clothing on, um, you know, shorts. And that's what they often do in the news. People don't know the secret of news anchors, meaning uh-huh. all the time, you know, they've got shorts on and they've got a shirt and tie. And so here we are now being um, given permission to re enter the world and to uh, literally, as well as emotionally, put our clothes back on and be seen and be touched. So there are a couple of thoughts I have. And um, the first is to be gentle and soft with yourself and with the reentry. Because there is it's, you know, we didn't take a vacation. This was a forced um, event. And it was traumatic. You know, you said this earlier, I said this earlier that uh, everyone has issues. And one thing I want to remind people about the pandemic and about not only social isolation, but about reentry is that you aren't the problem. The pandemic was the problem. But it did stir all of us. It scared us. We either know someone who was sick and recovered. Uh, we know people maybe who were sick or know someone who knows someone who was sick and died. There are people still, we know, being infected and also deaths that are still happening because of COVID 19. So, softness, and it can be so underestimated the power of being kind to the self. Uh, If we are kind to ourselves, we have more energy to be kind and patient with others. One of the things that happened during the pandemic is. People who maybe had a lot of patience kind of lost it. You know, they got tired and they got worn down and worn out, and they thought they were like going to be home for maybe a couple months, you know, maybe through the holiday, meaning last year. And now it is April of, you know, 2021. And so the reentry is first to be kind to yourself. Um, to be patient as you re-enter, to not um, over-promise what you're going to do. So one of the um, examples I give, people have handled the pandemic differently, depending upon what state you're in, what city you're in, what your government required. There are people who have not been wearing masks um, You know when other people were almost wearing masks in their bed um and so and now we're coming back together you know people who have been home with their parents adults who are now going back i know people going back to new york going back to dc going back to california and they're going to be with other people now who lived through the pandemic maybe differently and so the kindness toward yourself, the patience with yourself, is also to be patient with other people in terms of how they survived and navigated this pandemic. I mean, that's you know not an overestimation. It really was, is one. Also, it's really important that we make our goals bite-sized, not super duper, you know, like big, 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 and then we feel like we failed. And I would say that in general, but particularly re-entry, the way that we re-enter, as you said, being with human beings, you know, being with other people that instead of saying, let's uh, take a vacation, you know, girls get together and let's plan that vacation, you know, that 30th birthday or the 40th birthday party, whatever. How about let's plan coffee. (laughs) Um, Let's just start with coffee and see how it feels to be with people uh, who you haven't physically seen for over a year. The other thing is let yourself um, evolve. So there are people last year who were our people. That was my person. We've changed. Pandemics change people. Racial injustice changes people. Not good or bad, just changes people. So make room for your change. And make room for the change of other people. Because you could be ready to resume. Like, we're going to pick up where we left off. We were working. We did lunch. Every day, you know, we did our lunch together. And now all of a sudden at lunch, that person is either seeing someone else for lunch or they're not going out for lunch and you're kind of wanting to rag on them and give them a hard time. I'm not saying ignore your feelings of missing them or wanting them or, but I am saying it's okay that you changed. It's okay that maybe they changed and make a lot of room for your feelings and the feelings of others. Yes. It's so important. It's so important. It's been a tough time and we're still figuring out how to be, how to be with each other again and who we want to be with. Uh, maybe there are other people who we blew off, family members um, who now we're thinking, you know, I think I wanna see them more. Um, not out of guilt, but out of information I like gained. And then there are people who maybe we were seeing all the time who are in our families. And we're like, you know, I think I'd rather spend more time with my friends. Um, and so how do I tell my, you know, dad, my mom, my grandparents that I love you. Um, but I have a life to live and I'm kind of excited about re-entering that. Um, So, I think, you know, to be kind with yourself, um, to be patient, and to accept the fact that a lot changed in us as well as outside. And then, lastly, I call these the three B's. Um, So, to move your body, move your brain, and move your burden. Move your body is get out or stay in, but do some kind of Exercising, and I didn't say you have to go to a gym, I didn't say that you have to go walk a mile, maybe take your trash out if you don't usually, you know, take it out to the curb and maybe walk to the fire hydrant. That is beginning to move your body and remind your body that you survived, that you're here, that you care about it. So, moving our bodies is so stretching, and being aware that we are stretching. Um, is important, move your brain, watch your thoughts. I tell everyone, I tell myself this, watch your thoughts because your thoughts become your life. What we focus on is what grows. What grows ultimately has dominion. That means it reigns supreme. So if we have a negative thought, we wanna just watch that and replace it with something positive. And then move your burden. You know, it doesn't mean we get rid of our burdens, but let's just be aware that we not kind of resuscitate an old burden that needs a kind of a do not resuscitate on it. Like let's just let that one go. So move your body, move your brain, move your burden.
0: Love that. And I love, it's it's just important to remember that people are in our lives for a season or for a reason. And the pandemic was a very long season mm. that was traumatic and it was almost a little bit too easy at times to forget that i think that we were all dealing with trauma and something that was obviously not fully controllable or known and just so much where we were all just thrown to the to the wolves and said all right good luck uh stock up on toilet paper and and pray And there was nothing else anyone could do. So how, how we all responded to that was quite literally trauma response, which I'm sure, you know, you're, you're the expert on that. So giving people grace as we reenter, giving yourselves grace, as you get back to all of it, it's like, it's like trauma response 101.
1: Absolutely. And the fact that trauma, uh, is not something that we can, I mean, we can put a bandaid on a gunshot wound, but it doesn't work. So I just always remind myself and other people, when big things happen, let them be big. I did a clubhouse event recently, and there were a number of very, um, you know, powerhouse women who, and I mean that because they showed up with their voice. To me, that's, you know, those are fearless, powerful women. And one of them started to cry and immediately said, oh, and I said, oh, wait a minute, what's that about? you know, um, our tears are our teacher. And I imagine when our tears show up, it's for a really good reason. And so I think redefining what it means to be in our lives after the pandemic, you know, what matters now? How does it matter? And just making the space and room to honor what you just said, which is a big thing happened to all of us, and we all handled it the best we could. It's just that we did the, we survived. I mean, literally, somehow, Erica, we survived. And to me, I think we all need to kind of be given like a gold star that we're here. I mean, kind of a little shaky and quakey and, you know, a little and off in certain ways, but we're here. And I think to celebrate that you are here, and I am here, and your audience is here—not the same, but we're not meant. You know, you talked about bullying, and that you were bu- bullied early on. You know, in those middle years, and you wouldn't choose it, and I wouldn't choose things that happened to me. And I was in a car accident and had a traumatic brain injury, and all. Co- I mean, but it chose me, so I don't have a choice about that. What I do have a choice in now is what I do with what happened to me. And so I am inspired um, by you, by your, you know, by Thrive, honestly, that you are helping people, but women in particular, to define what does it mean to Thrive.
0: Well, that's a perfect segue that we couldn't have planned any better if we tried because something that I ask all of my guests who come on Thrive is what does Thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life?
1: Mm. Well, per- and we didn't set that up. I mean, yeah, that-, that-, that couldn't have been better if we tried. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, what Thrive means to me, um, I have a an equation Uh, That I used in my own recovery. And it's part of what I do when I'm coaching people and giving keynotes. And it's called wake up, show up, grow up, rise up. So what it means to thrive to me is to show up for active duty in my own life. And that looks different every day, looks different every moment. Uh, You know, depends how much sleep have I had. You know, what's happening in my life, what's happening in the world? Have I protected myself, uh, you know, am I glued to the television, which um, could be very depressing? Or do I make sure that I have other ways of feeding my heart and feeding my spirit so that I wake up and take responsibility for my life, that I show up in my life, not on automatic pilot, Not like I do this interview with you, but I don't remember that I was here. You know, that I don't even know I was here. And we've all done that. You know, we've all like taken a bus ride and we know we passed that synagogue. We know we passed that market. And if you asked me, did I pass it? I'd say, yeah, only because I do it every day, but I don't remember the ride. So that's showing up and then growing up. That maturity of saying, okay, I know that I went to lunch with my friend before the pandemic every day, but we're not the same anymore. And something changed, and I want to let it change even though it scares me. That's maturity. That's the growing up uh, that we talked about earlier. You know, what does it mean to show up like a grown up in our lives so that we can rise up? So, thriving to me is wake up, show up grow up, rise up.
0: I love that. Couldn't have said it any better myself. (laughs) So Dr. Robin, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to hang out with all of us here on Thrive. It has been a pleasure. Tell us where listeners can find you online, if they would like to connect
1: with you more, grab your latest book, anything like that. Absolutely. Thank you. My website is drrobinsmith.com. So it's just my name, drrobinsmith.com. Our uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter is Dr. Robin L. Smith. Um, and what's really excited, and LinkedIn as well, uh, I am redoing my website right now. Ooh. And it feels, yeah, it's very, very <laughs> exciting. Um, deepening the messages. Uh, deepening, you know, the service. Uh, of what I am here to do, and you know, why at this time in life um, I'm here and you're here so that more people can thrive. Um, so, I'd love for your audience to check out uh, my website, and certainly within the next 30 days or so, there'll be something really new and special. And I'm working on a podcast, so um, you'll have to come and visit. Me, I'll, I'll return the invitation <laughs> and uh, would love to do that. So there's a lot of exciting opportunities that are unfolding. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in, it's your time to thrive.